Welcome to the Venture Clash Entrepreneurship Podcast, where we meet entrepreneurs in the digital health and fintech spaces. Together, we'll hear real-world stories, gain practical insights, and discover the amazing things happening behind the scenes of thriving early-stage companies making their mark. It's time for the Venture Clash Entrepreneurship Podcast. Hey everybody, I'm Kenny Jang, and thank you for tuning in to the Venture Clash Entrepreneurship Podcast. On today's show, we've got an excellent conversation partner we invited to come on and share some of the behind-the-scenes looks of what's happening inside a startup venture. Today, Eric Rosso is in the hot seat. Eric's got more than 25 years of experience in healthcare technology as we explore digital health as one of the sectors for new ventures. Um, he's got tons of experience in new venture creation and executive management and currently serves as CEO of Diameter Health. Diamond Health is a healthcare IT company that provides predictive analytics. Welcome to the show today, Eric. Thank you, Kenny. Great to be here. So um, this is exciting that we have a, I love meeting digital health startup people because um, it really is pushing the boundaries of where we're going um, in this area and it's, it affects so many people. Why don't you give us a little bit about what Diamond Health is all about and a little bit about your background and how you got to be here uh, leading the company. Sure, and uh, I'll qualify this my first video podcast, so uh, I'm excited to uh, go on this maiden voyage with you, Kenny. Awesome. Um, so just real quick, my background, I'm a biomedical engineer by training. I spent much of my career in healthcare on the delivery side at Hartford Healthcare up here in Connecticut. I'm based in Farmington. Um, along the way, I got bit by a bug to go off and create uh, a software company, which was a, a wild ride and a great ride, and I want to put a plug-in for Connecticut Innovations, who are uh, was a prior investor in my company and also an investor in Diameter Health. And what Diameter Health does is that we are a company that leverages a part of certified electronic health records called the Continuity of Care Documents or CCD. And what we really do is we've coined this internal term of clinical intelligence, which is really transforming digital data through the ability to parse, normalize, and classify it to make evidence-based medical predictions. Um, so very excited to be part of this team. And uh, I came to Diameter Health with my colleague, John Demore, who I met while working together at a prior company that was bought, um, that bought my last company called Eclipsis, and that became Allscript. So we worked together for a number of years at those two companies. And so that previous company was in the same digital healthcare technology area? They were. They actually were a leader in producing electronic health records for both acute inpatient and ambulatory patient populations. Wow. That's, that's pretty cool. And so you said you're a Connecticut-based company right now. How large of a team do you have assembled? So we've been growing. Uh, the first few years we've been bootstrapping. Uh, we're about 10 employees, and we've got some contractors that we work with as well throughout the Northeast area. Gotcha. And then um, t tell us a little bit about that startup journey. Usually you need to um, pull together a, a first marquee client. And in the healthcare area, um, it's hard to break into... And, and get um, some clients, uh, some legitimate um, you know, uh, clients on the other side because it is such a critical area, mission critical area. What's the journey that happened with you guys? How are you able to you know, take on the first two or three clients? Sure, and, and you're absolutely right. Healthcare is a, a tough market to break into. I think coming out of this space, I've been very locally with Hartford Healthcare, which is a client. Uh, we're also doing some work down the road at Yale New Haven Health System. Um, some great health systems in New Jersey, and actually one of our largest accounts out in Kansas, where we've uh, processed over 5 million CCDs 
in terms of normalized night data to support their clinical analytic initiatives. Wow. Um, and then in terms of support, you said that uh, early on that you were involved, there's some, um, some um, integration or uh, involvement, engagement with Connecticut Innovations. Tell us a little bit about that relationship and any other local area partners, associations or networks that you guys are plugged into. Sure. It's always great to reunite the band both within our team and with our partners. Um, CI has been a terrific and a strategic partner and investor. In fact, they were the lead investor in our recent round. We did conclude a Series A uh, investment with Connecticut Innovations um, and another prior investor called Milestone Venture Partners out of New York City, uh, Accelerate Health Ventures down in Raleigh, and a, a group out of Boston called Long River Ventures. So we're really excited to have a very strategic syndicate of investors behind Diameter. Gotcha. And um, beyond just a financial investment, what are the benefits? Now, there's a lot of um, startup leaders here, entrepreneurs that are really just getting off the ground, trying to learn from um, startup venture partners like you who've actually done it before, a couple steps ahead of them. Um, what can a startup team look at an investor like CI um, to provide other than just cash infusion? Yeah, and there's a number of dimensions. Certainly, some of the investors are specific to healthcare IT and digital health, so they bring certainly a network of, of relationships. Um, but more than that, to me, they're strategic thinkers. They've seen a lot of deals. They've seen where synergies work and where they don't. And they've seen when products are either ahead of or ripe for a market opportunity. So I think I've really found our board meetings to be quite productive in terms of strategic direction and not just operational metric reporting. Gotcha. And then just this Northeast Connecticut area is not the only area that you are engaged in. There's other parts of the country and other partners that you have. Do you, can you share with us some other workings that you've gotten um, involved with other organizations? Sure. Um, and I kind of subscribe to the Frank Sinatra theory, uh, New York, New York. If we can make it work here, we can make it work <laughs> anywhere. So we've, we've liked to work with some large, uh, highly reputable, highly demanding academic medical centers, but also a number of ambulatory centers. Uh, we're really excited, too, to have some strategic partnerships with um, some health information exchange vendors. What does that look like in terms of business development going forward? Um, how are you prioritizing you know, uh, specific regions, geographies, partnerships? What does that look like for your actual leadership team right now? Yeah, and that's a really critical, a great question and a really critical initiative among the companies, really determining the swim lanes that we fit best in. Yeah. In hospitals and health systems. We've been working with HIEs, as I mentioned. Uh, we see a huge value proposition with accountable care organizations, uh, as well as payers. Um, we think that this continuity of care document or the interoperability standard really is a very powerful platform from which to leverage tremendous um, pragmatic and actionable analytics while patients are still receiving the care and not weeks later, which is typically the case with uh, claims-based analytics. Now, um, you've done this, this is not your first uh, rodeo, right, in terms of leading a startup, um, but yet I'm sure you're like most successful entrepreneurs, um, you know, failures are kind of like a, um, a patch on your, on your jacket, right, saying that you got to fail forward, you got to fail quickly. Um, can you share with us maybe uh, something that happened in Diameter Health startup history that maybe you would have done differently or you've learned from in terms of um, that fail forward, fail quickly mentality? Yeah, it's funny. I, I was recently listening to a Tim Ferriss podcast with Mark Andresen and 
we talked about that exactly. We try not to fail at all. Um, so that's our goal. We always have an internal saying, focus on success because failure will take care of itself. But um, in terms of lessons learned, it's really about building, and I know this is trite, but it really is about building the right team and making sure you've got the right chemistry within that core early foundational team that can work very well together. I was saying, I think chemistry is even more important than talent. And uh, while we certainly look to uh, recruit and retain top talent, um, it's so important in these early formative years to have the right leadership and passion and vision behind the product. Yeah, so in terms of recruiting, um, are you engaging, are you big enough yet that you actually have someone that's dedicated to an HR function within your company? Is that something that's outsourced or is that still something that you or the founders are actually dealing with? Yeah, at this point we do wear a couple different hats. So we've got some operational folks that help with the HR functions along with finance. But I would say the key hires at this point have really been through our own network or through references within our network. Um, and we're very selective in, in who we hire and, again, making sure that it's the right chemistry fit. Gotcha. Um, and then um, your growth rate, um, uh, do you have a philosophy that you hire early before uh, you hire for growth or do you hire conservatively? That's a great question. We always try to be not too far ahead of the curve or behind the curve. Um, if we do this right, we don't think we're going to have to ramp up hundreds and hundreds of staff, particularly on the technology side, because we do think the platform's quite scalable and efficient. Um, so we're, we're pretty much managing our hires a little bit ahead um, of plan, but we're also being very cognizant of making sure that we match to our budget and to our plan for each, right, right. each year. So within this next year, how many additional headcount FTEs do you think you're going to be putting on board this next year, year and a half? I'm just trying to get a sense of um, how fast you guys are growing or managing that growth. Again, depends on the time frame in which um, some of the, the pipeline closes, but you know, I could see us uh, potentially doubling in the next year, year and a half. Wow, wow. Okay. And so that gets me to the question of culture because um, there are so many companies that I've talked to where um, you'll survey the, the employees and something like over 50% or 70% of the employees um, you know, were not there when it started or they... You know, 50 percent of employees all came on board within the last two years um, and so the question is um, how do you retain that original culture that bred the success for the company uh, while at the same time how do you prune some of the negative things that might have come along the way or the bad habits in terms of the culture um, is that something that you are keenly aware of and is there anything structural that you are employing as a ceo to to make sure that you retain a specific culture and vision for what you want your company and your employees and your teammates and how they engage with customers, external, et cetera. Is that something that's on your radar uh, formally, structurally? Yeah, great question. So I'm reminded by a quote, I think Steve Jobs said this or whoever said it, I think it's very true. And that is, you know, A players hire A players and B players hire C players. And so <laughs> not that we're elitist, but we really, really try hard to make sure we get the right leadership, the right culture. And then part of that, to not only explain the what we need to have them do in their roles as leaders or as operators in the company, but more importantly, the why. And so I will say that this company was founded um, primarily on a passion to transform a piece of healthcare with very actionable pragmatic analytics that don't take years to implement or seven or eight figures to deploy. And that's really a big part of the culture we try to bring into Diameter in terms of creating highly actionable pragmatic and, and highly accurate automated analytics. So um, I'm assuming, or can you tell us, is your 
uh, team all physically present in one space or is it a distributed network of workers? Yeah, great question. Um, most of the team is based in our headquarter office here in Farmington, Connecticut, just outside of Hartford. Although we do have an office up in Newton, Mass. Uh, my colleague lives up in Wellesley, so we have a number of people there. But we're quite uh, facile at using things like GoToMeeting and Skype, as we're doing today, um, to be quite virtual uh, as needed. Yeah, yeah. So that's, um, you know, that's, I think, uh, almost the norm these days of, um, you know, being, being agile in you know, staying productive as a team, even if you're moving about, et cetera. How much travel are you doing uh, personally these days? Yeah, I travel when I need to. I try to obviously qualify the opportunities, certainly the big conferences and meetings that we're, we're present at. You know, when I'm not working at Diameter, I balance part of my life in addition to having family and dogs. Uh, I'm also a founder and a, a varsity rowing coach of a local high school program I started up. And I'm also an active master's rower. So I try to balance my travel schedule around my commitments to that, but certainly we'll travel as needed. Gotcha. Um, and that's, that was getting to one of the questions I had on my list here today is how do you balance that startup life? You know, how many hours a week are you and your, you know, the, how many hours a week on average would you say your core leadership team is putting into place right now on a weekly basis? It's significant. I wouldn't try and quantify each person. And, and honestly, one of the, the cultures going back to Stephen Covey's, you know, managed by objectives, not by methods or by time. So, you know, people know what they need to do, or they know what they need to deliver and by when, and, and they do that. Um, I think one of the perks of working with a tech company is the ability to really manage your life and to make your outside activities and commitments, but at the same time, if you need to work later, work across time zones, you do what you need to do to get it done. Um, but I'd say everyone here is working pretty hard, uh, especially in this uh, early days of, of the company's evolution. Yeah. Um... So, uh, and back to your product. So let's go back to your product just for a second. Um, can you just give us an overview of, it seems like you have multiple solutions. Um, is there a, a, um, some sense that you're trying to uh, spread your wings and really cover your basis, or are you trying to niche down and go really, you know, um, become a core solution um, to get your foot in the door and just stay there? Yeah, so we're very disciplined and focused on what the core product is. I used to work with a doctor who, who used the term, never try and create a zebra among horses. So we're trying to create product that can scale and that can serve different vertical swim lanes or vertical niches within healthcare IT. Um, so we're very focused on that. But in terms of the product itself, essentially what we do is we take this component I mentioned called the continuity of care document, which every certified electronic health record has to have, Yep. And we're quite good at, at normalizing that and making that data clean, validating its content, its syntax, its quality. And then from that, we can do uh, some very accurate, actionable, and automated analytics um, in our space. Um, normalized data available through an API to third parties that may want to take advantage of the clinical data that we offer as well. Gotcha. And um, you even do, um, you even get to, I guess, provide services in terms of staffing optimization, right? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that's a little bit of a, a future roadmap feature. I know we've, we've listed that as something coming out on our web, but our core products today are our platform engine called Fusion, which does the normalization of CCDs. We have another tool called our analyzer tool, which measures the quality of the data, like anything garbage in, garbage out. So we need to make sure it's good quality. And then our targeted population health or analytic apps, one is called PREDICT, which is a series of algorithms that can look at things like mortality or fall risk or 30-day readmission risk. 
And then another very exciting product we call Envision, which can actually look at things like the medications, the vital signs, the lab results, mm. and from that infer missing documentation opportunities. So, for example, a patient who may have come in for a total knee replacement may also have elevated lab values um, and uh, BNPs are indicating they're taking a medication like Lasix, which would also be an indication of having congestive heart failure in that example, as a comorbidity, which is very important to also be documented as part of their stay. Yeah, yeah, definitely so. So um, as we close this interview out, um, is there any significant trend that you are looking at or that you think that um, digital health startups as a whole need to be paying attention to uh, whether it be regulation, whether it be technology, um, AI, you know, is there something that you have your eyes on in terms of, you know, long-term view of um, potential to disrupt or impact or something that you guys need to take, take seriously? Well, again, looking at today's interoperability standard, which we've hooked our wagon to that horse, it's not perfect by any stretch, but it is a standard. Um, for example, between two leading EHRs, Epic and Cerner, I believe they're exchanging over 30 million of these CCDs a month just between them. So we're really focused on, while it's not perfect, it's what's on the Apple cart today and let's make the most value out of that and let's really help clients out there leverage the millions and millions of dollars or billions of dollars as a country that we've invested in adopting digital health, electronic health records. Nice, nice. Okay, so Eric, are you ready for our lightning round of questions to close out this interview? Uh, I hope so. Let's, uh, let's go Okay, ahead. so uh, we're talking to busy startup executives like yourself. Productivity is at the top of everyone's mind. Um, do you have a, um, a resource, a book, or something that you can share in terms of productivity or leadership that our listeners here today might benefit from? Well, I, I mentioned earlier I really enjoyed listening to uh, Tim Ferriss' podcast. I recently bought his book, The 4-Hour Workweek, and uh, I just think some of the People from all different walks of life and backgrounds that he's interviewed uh, have just a ton of jewels of, of nuggets of value that I know I take and that I really have enjoyed listening to. Nice. Uh, cool. And a tech, I, I just love my iPhone, my iPad, and my Mac, and I'm really quite productive with those three things. I can operate from pretty much anywhere I can get on the Internet. Great. Um, and um, Tim Ferriss, I mean, he's, his podcast in particular has just... Um, covered so many different topics. I think it's just interesting that how he himself has um, expanded his own niche or his reach in terms of subject matter. Um, I, that, the, the book is a classic and his podcast I think is a, a, a terrific resource to, to get a hold of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, second is um, in terms of your company, um, if we were to, if, we, if someone's listening to you today and wanted to get in touch with you directly, what's the best way that uh, someone could do that? Is it um, through Twitter or email, snail mail, carrier pigeon? What, how can someone get in touch with you today? Yeah, I'm not quite as uh, facile as my teenage daughters with Twitter, but uh, probably the best way would be to, to reach me either on LinkedIn uh, or on email. Uh, and, and again, our website, diameterhealth.com, has information as well. Okay. Thank you so much for your time with us today, Eric. It's been a pleasure chatting with you about Diameter Health and your journey. Really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to share with us some of those insights and, and experiences along the way. Great. Great talking with you. Thanks again for the opportunity, Kenny. Thank Have you. And everybody here, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Venture Clash Entrepreneurship Podcast. 
uh, make sure to visit our website at www.ventureclash.com for all the transcript, show notes, links, and more. And that's also the place you'll learn about our $5 million venture competition. If you are a startup entrepreneur in the digital health, fintech, or insure tech categories, you'll want to check the competition out that's happening right now. Check it out at www.ventureclash.com. I'm Kenny Jang, your host. Thank you so much. And we'll catch you on the next episode here at Venture Clash. Thanks for tuning into today's episode of the Venture Clash Entrepreneurship Podcast. Drop by www.ventureclash.com as to learn about the $5 million Venture Clash Startup Challenge. We've set aside millions to support your innovation and product offerings. Venture Clash is also the place where you'll find the resources you need to help grow your business. Check out the contest at www.ventureclash.com today.